I I want us to go to prayer right now and just dedicate this time to the Lord because I'm truly sensing that uh, we're recording this. There's this message is going to go so far, far farther than in this building tonight. And I feel like the Lord is really going to use it for a young generation that is going to be reaching out for answers and reaching out for some direction. And uh, as the Lord was giving me this word to preach tonight, I was like, I could see it going through technology into uh, uh, folks that aren't here tonight, and it's going to truly be an impact. So I want us to just pray the anointing of God would just get on everything and, 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 and just take it to everywhere it needs to go and change every life that it can change. Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to gather here tonight. Lord, we're going to preach your word, Lord God, and we thank you for it. This is bread of life. This, this is what we're going to receive tonight that's going to strengthen us. But God, we pray that you would take it and you would take it through every electronic means that we can use with these cameras, Lord God, and into lives that maybe are not coming to church, but this word is going to go and help them rise up and begin to move towards you in a mighty way, Lord. Anoint it, we pray. Lord, we thank you that our faith is going to arise here as we study your word. And Lord God, we're going to be able to take and appropriate all that you have created and destined for us, Lord. We're going to move into your promises for us in a whole nother level, and we give you the glory for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I just want to, before we get into this, reiterate uh, what we were sharing on Sunday morning about our 25th anniversary coming up here as a church, and uh, in June that we want to bring that celebration time of celebration and dedication as uh, we dedicate the completion of this ministry center that God has so uh, miraculously helped us uh, in and through each of you to get to where we're at. To Him be all the glory and the praise. Amen. How many of you got blessed in the process of being a blessing to help this vision come to pass? How many of you got blessed during during the process of it? Amen. I believe if you participated, you definitely did, because that's just how God works. And uh, he's he's such a good, good God. So uh, that's coming up. And uh, like we said, we've come down from just since January from three hundred forty three thousand dollars that we owe our contractor down to one hundred and forty. We're believing God for supernatural uh, debt cancellation on that, that we'll be able to to take care of that uh, through gifts and through uh, pledges and all that will be coming in. Uh, so that when our, we have our anniversary, that we'll be able to say, because we definitely want our contractor to be our guest at that dedication, and we don't want an invoice three months old, <laughs> 90 days old, uh, outstanding. They might not, might not be, well, I don't know. They've been wonderful to us, but we don't want to uh, extend that any further than we have to. Amen. Amen. So if you would take in your Bibles this evening, let's look in Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, we're going to be looking at, like I said, a message that I know that God is, uh, He put on my heart real heavy that I should be sharing uh, that would go even beyond these four walls. So if you're tuning in, whether it's Facebook Live or you're tuning in on the Internet with a recording or you're listening to this on the radio uh, or on the Internet in some other uh, media fashion, Uh, We just want to say that we're here for you. Uh, We're here for you. First and foremost, we're here for the Lord. And as we're here for the Lord, God cares about you. And you feel like, and I I believe there's some of you that are tuning in and you feel like your age is so, you're young and you're insignificant. And I believe the Lord would say to you, you're not insignificant. 
you, you should never let the enemy cause you to despise the days of your youth. Uh, God has created you with purpose and destiny and God has a plan for your life and God wants more than anything for you to choose this day to serve Him so that He can come alongside to bring forth that activation of His power, His anointing, His wisdom and all that He has to help you accomplish that which you were created to do. I know when we're young and we're maybe just starting out in life and starting out in our career or starting over in another career, there's always a lot of questions. Which direction should I go? What choices should I make? What choices do I have? And, uh, and I just want you to know that God has the hairs on your head numbered. He cares about you to that degree. And He wants you to include Him in those choices. He wants you to call out to Him and let Him show you. Let Him direct your steps. And this message that I'm sharing this evening is one that I believe that will help you, uh, but you're going to have to participate. Uh, you're not going to be able to just sit back and have God come in and wheelchair you to wherever He wants you to go. Uh, he's going to want you to stand up and walk and and by step by step, he wants to direct your steps in the way that you should go. So you're going to be a co-laborer with God. And I believe this message is definitely of vital importance. And I believe uh, an understanding of what you do need to do in co-laboring with God. I've entitled it uh, The Power of a, of a Made-Up Mind. The Power of a Made-Up Mind. That's going to be your choice. That's going to be your participation God's going to bring power in what he brings in, but you're going to have to bring in the power of a made-up mind. And we're going to see that in its uh, activities and how it works itself out here in the Word of God tonight. So in Job chapter 1, in the beginning of chapter 1, verse 1, in the land there lived a man whose name was Job. No, his name was not Job. His name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. Another verse says that he abhorred evil and he cleaved to that which was good. He had seven sons and three daughters and he owned 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels, 500 yoke and of oxen and 500 donkeys and had a large number of servants. He was greatest, the greatest man among all the people of the east. And that greatest means the wealthiest. He was the wealthiest man among all the people of the east. Now, if you skip on down to verse 6, you'll see it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Wow. That devil, you can't get rid of him, can you? He's always popping up, and he always will. That's why we need the power of a made-up mind. See, the Bible tells us that Job was the wealthiest man in his time. He was blessed materially. He was blessed physically. He was blessed relationally. He was blessed spiritually. He was blessed in every area of his life. Now, we all know what the Bible teaches us, that true success is not based on what we possess. For Jesus said a man's life should not consist of the abundance of the things he possesses, but the greatness is determined in him of the things that is in his heart in his spirit and in his mind and in his relationships. But as you study the life of Job, God is bringing him up before us and kind of saying, here's a trophy that I want you to look at. I want you to examine the life of Job. 
And when we do so, we find that Job did not just wake up one day and find himself overwhelmed with all these blessings. I believe many times if we are not careful, we want that easy believism where we just blink our eyes and we go, we're transformed from one state of life to another state of life. It happened, we go to an altar or we pray a prayer in our bedroom and then we, we say amen and everything is supposed to change. It is changing from the inside out, but we, if we study the life of Job as God has asked us to do, we see he didn't just wake up in the morning one day and all of these blessings were there. According to Scripture, the Bible says that Job, while he was a young man, while he was very young in age, he looked at life and made some critical decisions. He recognized that there were two pathways that he could choose. And he saw there was a pathway that was broad in its way and many people went down that pathway and it was leading to destruction. He saw there was another path and that pathway was straight and it was narrow and not many people were choosing that path, but that path led to blessings and led to abundant life. And, and, and in him, in his uh, uh, scenario, he had to make a choice just like all of us have to make a choice as well. And he, chose, he made a choice, he made up his mind which path he was going to go down. What path have you chosen to go down? You, your spouse can't make that for you. Your girlfriend can't make that for you. Your boyfriend can't make that for you. Your parents can't make that for you. You must make that decision on your own. What path are you going to choose? A broad and seemingly easy way to just go with where, what the majority is doing that leads to destruction, the Bible says? Or are you going to choose a straight and a narrow path? It's going to call for some discipline. It's going to call for some sacrifice. But it's the way the Lord is pointing you to go. And He says it leads to abundant life. Which path are you going to travel? That's your choice. We see Jesus when he teaches in Matthew chapter 7, he says that the majority will choose to go down the path of destruction. Now that's what Jesus says. And I don't think Jesus said that with a smile on his face. I think he said it with a tear in his eye because he does not want us to live our lives going down a path to destruction. So I would say to you today, let us not break the heart of God and break our own heart by choosing a life that is going to lead to destruction and let us choose that straight and that narrow, that path that leads to abundant life. And that abundant life, according to the scripture, is a Zoe life. It's the same word Jesus used in John 10 and 10 where he says, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. It's not that straight and narrow is not a miserable path. It's a blessed path. It's an abundant path. It is it is a favor of God that comes to us when we choose to do just that. And Job comprehended this at a young age. And I believe that's why the Lord has a whole book in the Bible about him with his name as the title of this book because Job chose at a young age that he was going to uh, follow the ways of God. He understood that the repercussions uh, were good if you follow God and they're bad if you did not. He understood that he must think wisely and plan wisely and choose wisely and act wisely. And, and we find in the record of Scripture that is exactly what he did. He said, I must cleave to that which is good and I must abhor that which is evil. Now, I want you to picture that in your mind here this evening. That you're choosing to cleave, to be super glued to, to fight to stay together with that which is good, 
but you're going to repel and turn your back and run and do everything possible to get away from abhor that which is evil. Job says, I must shun evil. I wonder in our lives, do we make that decision up front? Have you made that decision before you were even faced with evil that if evil in any way, no matter how mild or no matter how major it presents itself to me, I've already made up my mind that I'm going to cleave to that which is good and I will abhor, I will shun, I will run from, I will flee from, I will make sure that I don't put my hand on that which is evil. Job made that decision before he was faced with the choices. And I'm here to tell you today, the sooner you make that decision in your life, then you will find then how easy it is to start walking in the blessings of God that He has provided for us in and through the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. The younger you are when you make the decision that I am going to cleave to that which is good, and I will shun, I will abhor, I will run from, I will do everything to keep from putting my hand on that which is evil, you will find that your life, the younger you make that decision, your life will be propelled into a much more blessed and abundant life than you could even imagine. So here's Job. Job, he focused to choose to uh, do that which would be pleasing to the Lord. He wanted to choose the right mate. Young people, please listen to me. It's very important who you choose to be your mate. You need to let God be a part of that choice in your life. You don't need to go off of what you think is uh, a love when, when, you know, when most of the times that, that feeling that stirred up within us is a lust. We have, there is more to it than the feelings because the feelings will come and go. The feelings will have challenges to them. And if there's not a foundation, let me tell you what, the enemy will do what he's doing in society today where divorce is among the majority rather than the minority. And, and it just seems the numbers to keep growing. It's because we are not allowing God to be a part of our decision making and bringing us together. We need to say, God, I want to marry who you created for me rather than, boy, this one's a good one. Let me just grab them and hold on. Okay. They may be a good one, but not for you. You need who God has for you. Amen. So there's two things that determine what we become in life. Two things I want us to look at tonight. And that, those two things are our decisions and our response to God. Our decision and our response to God. No, that's not it. Okay, let me quit looking back there. Okay, two things that determine what we become. Number one, our decisions. And number two, our response to God. And that's what we're going to be looking at in this message because you are a free moral agent and God lets you choose. And, and He doesn't force you to live a certain way. You know, sometimes I think, God, you, you, maybe you could have made it a little easier uh, for us to choose the right and a little harder to choose the wrong. He said, I did. He said, I did. He said, the sooner you, the sooner you get into choosing evil, you immediately start having problems. He says, you're just stubborn. You're stubborn and you'll keep going that way rather than repent and turn and go the way of the Lord. 
He says, I, in, order to ha- in order to have a love relationship with you, I have to give you free choice. I want a love relationship with you so you can choose to love me or not, to serve me or not, to live for me or not. That's your choice. So he doesn't force us to live a certain way. He doesn't force his will on us. Out of love, he gives us that choice to love and to serve him. I ask you, have you made the choice to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength? Have you made the choice to live your life for God? You need to answer that. And you need to answer it with a clear answer so that you know that you know where your decision is. Because I want you to know that while we have the power to make our own choices, our own choices have the power to make us. Let me say that again. While you have the power to make your own choices, your choices have the power to make you. I I have a, 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 a slide that went with that. Did you guys get it? Maybe I should just leave that alone. Let's move on. We're recording. Let's move on. Okay. There it is. There we go. You have the power to make choices, and your choices have the power to make you. So you better understand whatever choice you make is going to have power released in taking you into the future of where you go. So we have to say our choices have to be made wisely. Amen. We must choose wisely. Now, God's holding Job up as one who did that. See, the Bible says that Job honored Ecclesiastes 12 and 1, where it says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come. So while you're yet in your youth, while you're yet able to do so, you need to remember your creator. I believe God has got this message going out of this building tonight, going into homes and going into bedrooms and going into coffee shops and going into other places, maybe even the the lounge at the school where young people, you're listening to this and God is saying to you, remember now your Creator in your days of youth. Remember Him while you're young because difficult days will come. And you need to have a made-up mind. You need to have an establishment. You need to have a foundation made now so that when the tests and the trials and the challenges of life come, that you will not fall, but you'll be able to stand and be able to press through those storms. Make your decision to serve God and to honor God. Do what is right in His eyes always. Even if it means you need to put your pride aside and humble yourself and say, you know what? This isn't about me. This isn't about me. I must decide to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord and and honor Him in whatever situation it is. Now, I know there's things that we can't choose. We all deal with that. Our parents was not our choice. I would say in most cases, uh, the condition you were born into is probably had not, you had nothing to do with it. The environment that you was raised in, that you were young, you, you didn't have a choice in that. So we have no say in these things. But we can choose our action and our reaction in how we handle these things. And that's where our responsibility comes in. So, 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 so I've heard people claim, well, well, I was a victim. I was a victim. And they take on this victim mentality and this victim spirit saying it's not my responsibility. Hear me. We are all victims in one way or another. For the devil doesn't play fair and he's tried to kill all of us. If he's not tried to kill you, he's considered you his best friend. And that's not a good place to be. Okay. So what we do 
is, is, is what we've, what's come to us is not what's going to determine where we go. It's how we respond to that, how we move forward, how we react to the things that come against us. So we must choose to respond correctly. Remember two things that we that's going to determine what we become in life, our decisions and our response to God. Those two things are very, very important. And we must take those and we must uh, deal with those now before we come under fire. Because the sooner you decide to go God's way and to respond to His Spirit's call and direction on your life, you begin to travel what I call the blessed way and live the blessed life. That doesn't mean it doesn't come with challenges. That doesn't mean it's not uphill. That doesn't mean that the enemy's not targeting you. But it means that you are now flowing in the anointed way that God created for you. And you have His anointing. You have His power. You have His protection. You have His provision. And you're going to be more than an overcomer. You're going to be more than a conqueror through this because you've made up your mind to live your life for the Lord. See, I, I think sometimes... how. Uh, about my life. I've just prayed and prayed and I said, Lord, you know, I, I know where I came from. I know what I grew up in. I know the things that I've gone through and, 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 and I, my heart goes out. My parents, I'm sure that when I hear those stories of things that they've uh, encountered in life and the, how unfair the devil is and he's always unfair. You know what? It, it puts us all at one time or another in a pretty bad place. And, and, uh, but, you know, sometimes I just meditate on the Lord and his goodness for my life. And I'm like, God, this is better than I could have dreamed. This is better than I've journaled. This is better than what I expected. This is better. The, 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 my family is better. My wife is better than I thought I could have, I could have snagged. You know, I thought I was going to try and snag a good one. And God, you just gave me a great one. And I thought I was going to have three good kids, but you've given me three great kids. And I thought you were going to give me a good church to pastor. And you've given me this great church to pastor. And, and I thought you was going to give me good health, but you've given me great health. And I thought you were going to help me pay the bills so I wouldn't be behind. But you've given me an abundance in my life. Lord, you're just a good, good guy. And I meditate on that. I'm like, God, I'm not going to be ashamed of your blessings. You are good. And, and, and he spoke to me and he says, I want you to tell me when all of this fell on you. And I thought and I went back and I went back and I went back. And I said, Lord, this wonderful blessed life that you've given me, I don't see where it all just fell on me. It wasn't something I was physically born in because by comparison, my circumstances make some of you look like a spoiled brat that was born with a silver spoon in your mouth. And I know some of your circumstances make me look like I was a spoiled brat with a silver spoon in my mouth. I understand that. So, so it, what I'm trying to say is there's nothing more special about me to be compared to you because God is no respecter of persons. So it wasn't that I stepped over a certain threshold and bam, there it was, or I turned a certain corner and bam, it was there. The Lord, and I said, Lord, I, I, I'm failing the test. I can't find when it fell on me. It seems like it's been little by little, by gradual, by gradual, by, you know, just one level to the next level. And he said, exactly, exactly. He says, as I would grow a, a plant from the seedling in the, in the fields, so I've grown you. And I will grow all who surrender and give themselves to me into what I have for them. So I'm like, wow, how awesome is that? When we surrender to our creator, when we surrender to the vine dresser, when we surrender to the one who owns the vineyard, when we surrender to him, 
His plan is just like the, the vine dresser would go in and start tying up the, the, the new sprouts of the grapevine and tying them up so that they can go out and reach the sun and, and, and the water and everything and, and, and produce more fruit. He, the God comes into our lives when we welcome him to do so and he begins immediately uh, 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 setting our course upward. But it's not an overnight thing. It's a, it's a day by day because he wants a relationship day by day. It's not an event thing. It's a relationship thing. Amen? But I go back and as I was talking to the Lord, he, he said, now, uh, while it doesn't fall on you all of a sudden, he said, I want you, and he was testing me on this. He said, I want you to tell me when you saw the turn, when you felt the turn. And I said, Lord, I can see it immediately. It was the day where I decided I'm going to follow Jesus. Not in VBS and, and just to be with the crowd or anything. I mean, when I seriously made up my mind that from this day forward, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to live for the Lord. And you know that song, there's no turning back, no turning back, the cross before me and the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back, I'll live my life for the Lord. You know, that, that's when it was in my life. Now, I'd had some yo-yo experiences before that, and, and those yo-yo experiences never got me on the trajectory of the upward move that God had for my life. But when I made up my mind that I'm not going back, that I'm going to live for the Lord and I'm going to serve the Lord and, and the, to the best of my knowledge and to the best of my understanding, I'm going to follow Him and I'm going to live for Him and I'm going to honor Him and I'm going to bring others into His kingdom and introduce others to His goodness and introduce others to the goodness of God. You know, that was when it all began to happen. When I chose that I'm going to please Him, I'm going to serve Him, I'm going to honor Him, I'm going to bless Him, I'm going to obey Him. And that was my choice, but you have to make your own choice. And what is the saddest thing I believe to the heart of God is if we are still split in our decision. That there's parts of us we're going to serve God. There's parts of us we're going to live for the Lord. But there's parts of us that we're still holding on that we're going to live for ourselves. That this is still my area. I don't trust God in this area. I, we may not say that, but that's what we're saying. That this is an area of my life that I'm going to control. And let me tell you what, I don't believe that if God doesn't have all of us, that we're going to experience that Zoe life because we're not fully committed to all of Him. You've heard the saying, and I've said it so many times, He's either Lord of all or He's not Lord at all because Lord means He rules all. So if we're to, we're to confess Jesus is Lord over our lives, that means we have to confess that He rules every area of our lives. Otherwise, we may be parroting He's our Lord, but He's truly not our Lord. Wow. So I made some decisions that I was going to put God first in my life. And was I perfect in every decision after that? No. But let me tell you what, that was my mindset. And if I ever got off course, I said, no, this is my mindset. This is my decision. I'm going to put God first in my life. So, so my moment-to-moment -moment choices were to please Him rather than man. It makes a difference when you make this kind of decision. There is power uh, in a made-up mind. 
there's a power released when we make up our minds for, for the Lord or for whatever we do in life. There, and, and God released that power that now, when choices came before me to please Him or not please Him, I found it was easier because already the, 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 you know, my propensity was, I've already made up my mind. I'm going to please the Lord. I've already made up my mind. I'm going to choose to love God over loving anything else. I've already set up my mind that I'm, uh, that I'm going to love the Lord with all my heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and that gives boundaries to my emotions. Did you know love is not an emotion? Love is a decision. Now, a lot of people don't understand that, and they go by the emotion, and that's why they think they're in love, and they're out of love, and then they think if that's God, then God, if He feels like that, and He's yo-yoing like that, then He loves us, and He doesn't love us, and a good event happens, God loves us, a bad event happens, God doesn't love us, and they're in this mental breakdown of trying to figure out a relationship with God. But love, true agape love, is a decision. And it's like the, the rock that you drill through and find the river flowing under the rock. The river is the emotions. God is not denying there's emotions there. But we need the foundation of love that we build our lives upon. That we're to love Him and we're to love our neighbor. We are to love Him and neighbor our near one. And our near one is our spouse. We start with our spouse. Our near one is our children. They're the nearest to us. We're to love them. That's why we don't go win the world before we win our spouse. And we don't go win the world before we win our children. And we don't go win the world before we win the near one. That's why he says here in Jerusalem, then Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. We, we must do it God's way. And when, when our love decision has been made uh, on the bedrock that I'm committed with all of my heart, soul, and strength to you, God, you will find it digs through the rock and releases amazing emotion that, that we love, but if the emotions come and go or, or rise and, and, and lower, it doesn't affect the love relationship. See, when you make the, the choice that I'm going to serve God and I'm going to live for God, you know what? I'm going to discipline my thoughts and my tongue to honor God with my mind and my mouth. When you make the decision that I'm not going to be controlled by spirits except for the Spirit of God, so drugs and alcohol are off limits. See, when you make these decisions, especially in your youth like Job did, especially then, you find that when the temptation comes, you go, no, I'm not yielding to any de demon spirits uh, by uh, coming under the influence of drugs and alcohol. I'm not doing that. Your, your decision has been made. Oh, that we would make our decision now before the day of testing comes. You make your decision, I'm going to keep myself sexually pure, and you never allow yourself to even get into a compromised situation. You don't even allow that. I remember uh, this is a decision I made at 17. I am not. God says, if you'll present yourself pure to, to the woman I created for you at 30, He said, I'll, it'll be a done deal. So I'm going to keep myself pure until I'm 30. And, and so I had to make some decisions. I'm not going to put myself in a compromised position and situation. So when I started the church in my 20s here, I asked my best friend if he'd move from, he was wanting to attend Regent. I said, I'll give you a place to stay. And he said, what's my job description? I said, you have to go into counseling with me with the opposite sex. And I told him, he knew my stance already. And he says, uh, well, I'm not a counselor. I said, all you got to do is be a witness. I said, you don't have to say anything. Just be a witness. And amen the prayers when we pray. And uh, 
So here at 27, I'm 27, and, and I'm pastoring this church, and every time we had counseling to do, I'd call uh, Pastor Wes in, and we'd schedule. I'd let people let them know up front that I don't, I don't meet with the opposite sex and, uh, in counseling situations, because when you're needing counseling, you're probably already being attacked by the enemy, and there's all kinds of things out of order in your life. That's why you're seeking counsel, and, and that, that's a vulnerable situation. I'm not going to, even the appearance of evil is not going to be. So the Lord has honored that. But I've done that all of these years. So at 30, I was able to honor my commitment to the Lord. And now 21 years of marriage, I've been able to honor my commitment to my wife. And, and it's been easy. It's not a challenge because mine was made up. See, there was power released when I made my mind up. I'm going to do this God's way. Sometimes I, my, my, my heart goes out, in a sense, to those that, that, that have not made up their mind and are finding so much power. Uh, struggle. There's so much struggle. And, and the reason there's so much struggle is because the power that is released from a made-up mind is not there. What we need to do is back it up and we need to make some, we need to set some boundaries. And if this honors the Lord, I'm going to participate in it. If this advances the kingdom of God, I'll participate in it. If this is wholesome speech, I'll participate in it. If this is in anything that's going to uh, bring people to Jesus, then I'll participate in it. But if it's tearing up the kingdom or if it's uh, in any way setting back or holding back the plan of God, I'm not going to participate in that. I'm not going to speak into that. I'm, I'm, going, I'm not going to do it. And when you make your mind up, it releases the power of God to come and now help you Walk through the decisions you've already made. I made a decision. I am not going to hold unforgiveness. It's not because I'm that great a guy, but the Bible tells me I don't have the right to. The Bible tells me if I'm going to hold unforgiveness, then God's going to hold unforgiveness uh, towards me. If I'm going to hold others and not release them with all that God has released me of, then God says, deal off. If I forgive you of, of your $10 million debt and now you go over here and you're going to imprison someone and beat them for the $5 they owe you, he said, deal is off. You didn't get it. So when I see that, I see I don't have, as far as my commitment to God, I'm, I want to do it God's way. So I don't have a right. I don't, have, I don't even have an opening in my mind. I, there's no place in my emotion. There's no room for unforgiveness. And has the enemy tried? Yes. Has he tried to bring people closest to me to betray and hurt me so that he could get in beyond that shield? Yes, he has. But let me tell you what. I have found over the years, when you make up your mind to do it, God's way, there's power, Holy Ghost power, an anointing that is released to help you do what you've made your decision to do in honoring the Lord. Praise God. So I made a decision that I'm going to respond to God. I'm a quiet guy by nature. I'm shy by nature. You'll find that me getting up front is a God's sense of humor uh, to the world in the 21st century. That is just not who I was. It's not what I'm even comfortable doing. But, but I, made up a, I made up my mind. God, I will do whatever you want me to do. And whatever you want me to do, no matter how uncomfortable I am, how unprepared I am, how I don't feel like this is my flow, whatever, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, and, and I made a decision. I'm going to respond to God. And it doesn't matter if anybody's looking at me. It doesn't matter if people are approving of me or not. That's not it. I'm going to respond to God. So I live with my mind made up that I'm going to honor God. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to love God. I'm going to serve God. 
and I'm going to bless God. And if it blesses him for me to sing out loud, I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to sing out loud. And if it blesses him for me to shout and praise him and worship him and meet corporately with his body that he calls to church and study his word together like we're doing right now and to pray and to intercede, well then I'm already prepositioned to that. It's not that I'm that good. It's just I made up my mind. I want to please the Lord and I want to live for the Lord and I want to honor the Lord. And I'm challenging you, no matter what age you are, no matter how young you are or how old you are, I'm challenging you to make the same decision to make up your mind that you're going to honor God with the rest of the years and the rest of the days of your life. That your life will be a living testimony like Job's was that you honored and served God and made the right decisions. Hallelujah. I made a decision that every time I hear the Word of God that I will, I will do what He tells me to do. I showed you my blank contract that's signed so many times. That's part of that. Lord, whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Wherever you tell me to go, that's where I'm going to go. Whatever you tell me to give, that's what I'm going to give because I'm going to cleave to that which is good and I'm going to shun or abhor that which is evil. And Job, while he was yet young, he chose to cleave to that which was good and to abhor and to shun that which was evil. It did not matter what everybody else did. And that's how it should be with you. And that's how it should be with me. See, I made my choices and my choices have made me. Let me say that again. I made my choices and my choices have made me. And my choices, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. Believe you me, that is not the issue. But let me tell you what. I am perfectly committed to choosing to serve the Lord. Okay? And if there's any falling in my part, I'm falling forward. I'm falling forward and I'm jumping up as fast as I fall down because I'm not staying down because I'm, I've chosen. I'm going to live my life until I take my last breath. And I'm going to be a very, if the Lord should tarry, I'm going to be a very, very aged man. Come on now. I'm going to have all my strength and I'm going to preach one of the best messages I've ever preached. And I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to wake up in heaven. I'm not going to die tortured. I'm not going to die suffering. I'm not going to die. And I made up my mind. That's just how I'm going to do it. Because I believe, according to this Bible, uh, short the devil getting his shots off on us, that's how we can do. So I need the shield of faith. Because the fiery darts are coming. Sickness and disease is coming. Famine is coming. Heartache is coming. Brokenness is coming. The devil don't play fair. So I've got to be very, very vigilant to make sure that I keep my shield of faith up at all times, above all, uh, holding up the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And I need your prayers as well as I come alongside and pray with you and we bring our shields of faith together and we help one another. But we have to know that we need to make up our mind because when we make up our mind, it releases the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit to help us when we come under attack or when we come to crossroads and need to know which way to turn. Your response, uh, your, your decision is very important because your decision, your choices are going, you make your choices, but your choices are going to make you. And then that second thing I said we're going to be looking at is your response to God will make you. Your response to God will make you. So let's break that down here uh, this evening. 
Here's, uh, we are at another service at Christian Embassy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wednesday night, we're safe and sound here in the sanctuary of the Lord. We got good friends around us, right? We got handsome folks and beautiful people all around us. They're all smelling good, right? This is a good thing. Okay, the music's already over and the sermon's halfway over and the closing prayer's quickly approaching and, and you'll leave here and you'll go to your respected places. And the question is this, have you responded to God. Young people, it's so important that you respond to God as well. This isn't something just for your parents. This isn't something just for your grandparents. You too must respond to the Lord. See, I don't believe the most important part of the service is in the music. While I think the music is very, very important. And I don't believe the most important part of our service when we gather together is the preaching. Well, I believe that's very, very important. Amen. Amen. Job security here. <laughs> the most important part of the service is how you respond to God. That's where life and death, that's where eternity meets, that's where your life's going to be changed. How you respond to God. That when He speaks to you, when He touches your heart, how do you respond to Him? Or maybe you have not responded to Him. How you maybe just throw what He said aside, or you harden up, or you stiffen up, or you ignore it, or you just say, I don't care, or you get distracted, or you run out the door, or you, you take a bathroom break, or whatever it is to kind of avoid a response. See, you may not remember the sermons that I preached four months later from now, and sometimes Pastor Radika's gotten up here the next service and asked you what did Pastor preach on, and you, you struggled to come up with it. So it don't even take four months at times. But what will be remembered and what will, be, will determine the place you are at in life is the response you have towards what God has said in the message. See, see, it matters what you laid on the altar and decided never to pick up again. Have you made a decision recently to lay some stuff on the altar and to give it to God and not pick it up again? Or maybe you're still carrying some things that you know you shouldn't be carrying. They're not healthy for you. They're not good for you. And they need to be laid on the altar. See, see, it matters the tears that streamed down your face as you yielded a cold heart to the Lord and the warm hand of God touched you and, and, and blessed you when you were in that time of prayer. It matters uh, that you decided to say yes uh, to the things of God and no to the things that would, would hurt, hurt God. Your response to God makes all the difference. But many times I think, especially for and I'm going to say us young folks, okay? Let's just, let's just change the age bracket here. For us young folks, that, that the temptation, I believe, is for us to say, oh, that was good, and I'll think about it later. That was good, and when I have some private time of my own, I'll, 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 I'll do something. And guess what? That time never comes. Boy, the devil will come in and he will busy up your schedule and he'll get, you'll even forget. Now, what was that? We need to learn to respond to God when God is touching us, when God is speaking to us, when God is moving on us and to make up our mind then and make up our mind in such a way that we are going to back it up, back up our decision for the Lord. See, the Bible says Job made up his mind early in life to follow God and to honor God in all of his life. And this was key. This was key because verse 6 always comes. And verse 6 says, and now there came a day. 
Believe you me, as long as the devil is still roaring about, roaming about and roaring like a toothless lion, let me tell you what, as long as he's in the picture, there's going to always come a day. A day when the enemy is going to test you. A day when the enemy is going to tempt you. A day when the enemy is going to try to get you to make a wrong decision and step off of course that you were living for the Lord. There will always come a day when the decisions that we have made and the responses that we've made to God will be tested. And let me tell you what, they need to be tested. That's not a bad thing. What the enemy's meaning for evil is actually testing and making us stand strong as to whether or not we're going to live up to our decision or not. Because a decision, if it's not tested, we don't know if it's genuine. Because if you said, you know, God, I will do this. If you want me, if you provide this and you want me to do that with it, then I will. And that thing's never provided. Then you never really are tested in that. But if the provision comes and then you now you're tested, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to do what you said you're going to do? See, The Bible says it's better not to make a vow than to make a vow and break it. There will always come a day when the decisions that we make and the responses we make to God will be tested. And, and, and let me tell you what, don't look at that as a bad thing. If the enemy comes up and I've made a decision that I'm going to serve God and I'm going to honor God with the first fruit and the tithe and the offerings in my life, no matter what the situation is, and believe you me, there's been many that have come in my life that says, you know, this is the week you, you shouldn't do that or this is the month you shouldn't do that and you can always catch up or you, you, you gave a little extra over here, let that count towards this. But I made a decision and my decision is if God, you said I'm a thief and someone you can't trust, that if I withhold the tithes and the offering, you said it in Matthew 3 and 16, that, that I'm a thief and a liar because I'm withholding the tithes and the offerings. Lord, I want you to know you can trust me because I believe I can trust you. And I'm in a tight spot right now, but this is when I'm being tested as to whether I can really trust you. So Lord, I'm going to pass this test. I'm not even going to think about it. I'm not even going to write the numbers down. I'm not even going to, I'm not even, this is where I'm not going to let the budget dictate, okay? Because my budget is overridden by that I'm going to honor you with the first fruit and the tithes and the offering. So Lord, it's yours. And when you've made that decision, you find there's a power that comes from heaven that helps you to do that. And then you've got testimony of miracles of how God provided supernaturally. Because he always does. If we do it his way, he's always going to honor that. Amen? Amen? So I implore you today, today is the day for you to drive a stake deep in the ground. And uh, you know where the Bible says in Isaiah 54 to strengthen your stakes? Drive the stake deep in the ground uh, and, and say, this is my decisions. These are my boundaries. This is what I will do and this is what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to curse the name of the Lord. I'm not going to profane Him. I'm not going to uh, uh, look to the opposite sex and I'm not going to uh, let the uh, violation of sexual sin in my life. I'm not going to bring alcohol and drugs and yielding to the influence of uh, demons spirits uh, in my life you know you set your stake down and then when because the day of testing is coming and I believe so many Christians are not prepared for the day of testing because they thought that of the easy believism if I just confess Jesus is Lord then that makes me that brings me into this beautiful wonderful and majestic life and while it does it still doesn't because there's a devil still down here on the ground 
and he, then there's a warfare. There's a warfare. I was in the hospital yesterday and, and, I'm, and people are calling to me and they says, uh, Pastor Lambert. And, and I'm walking down and I look and they said, you don't know me, but, you know, and they, we've been to the healing rooms and we, we've listened to you uh, preach on, uh, 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 online and we've listened to you on the radio. And, and, uh, and, they, and then they start bringing me into their situation. And then I go down. And there's, no, there's, there's folks all in the hospital. And all of that is just like if you were in a war zone and you've got... You, your hospital uh, triage area is set up. There's casualties of war. There's a real battle going on. We can't put our head in the sand. And if we're, we're going to, are you going to win if you are half committed to the commander in chief that always wins and never loses a battle? Or are you going to win if you're uh, half committed to him and half committed to the enemy? You split in your devotion. We've got to choose. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. Whose side are you going to be on? I mean, I believe it's getting more and more intense. And we'll, as the time of the Lord's return draws even nigh, we will see even in more, in, more and more intensity and battle. And, 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 and as a testing. And that testing will show whether or not you're on the Lord's side or not. Or you were just playing church. Or are you just hanging out with Christian folks because Christian folks were a little nicer than the heathen folks you hang out with. And maybe the Christian folks had a little extra food sometimes and you liked a little extra fellowship meal. And, you know, this all seemed good. But let me tell you what, we're in a war. And we have to choose sides. And I would say to you, as Job did, in your youth, don't let another day pass that you're going to choose to serve the Lord. And you're going to honor the Lord. And you're going to live for the Lord. Because if you'll do that, you will find the power of God that will come alongside and will strengthen you and will help you uh, to move into all that God has for you. I can only imagine how Satan taunted Job. Can you imagine? Where's your cattle now? Where's your wealth now? Where's your family now? Where's your health now? You know, the devil don't play fair. How many of you have ever been in a very, very trying situation where there was a lot of pain going on and the devil came and said, okay, good old Christian boy, good old Christian girl, why, why did you have to suffer this loss? Why? Well, look at the pain you're going through. Oh, your God is good? How good is this? Right? So here's Satan taunting him, and he didn't get any support from his wife, and he didn't get any support from his friends. I mean, the wife says, curse God and die. Let's just, let's just be, see, get some mercy in this thing, get you out of your misery. Just go ahead and curse God and die. But, but God holds Job up as a great trophy of his, and he says, I want you to look at my servant Job. I want you to look at my servant Job. He made up his mind that he was going to honor me. He made up his mind that he was going to serve me no matter what. Job made up his mind way before the day of trial and temptation came. Job made up his mind way before he lost his children. He had made up his mind he was going to serve the Lord way before the loss of his wife's support and his friend's support came in. Way before he lost his wealth and way before he lost his health. He had made up his mind. He had made up his mind. And, and he said in Job 19, 1926, he says, I know this, that my Redeemer lives and, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And he says, after the, the, these skin worms destroy this flesh, this I know, yet in my flesh I shall see God. He said, I know this. 
See, he said, I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind to serve the Lord and the Lord has never failed me. And while I may not understand all that I'm going through right now, I know that with God, he always brings us up and he always brings us out. And I know this. He said, my Redeemer lives. You're telling me he is not. You're telling me I have no God. You're telling me there's no source of power. You're telling me there's no turnaround. But I know my Redeemer lives. And, and, and this I know, that he will stand here on this earth. And after these worms they may they may eat my flesh and destroy me I know that he's going to do a work in me that I too in my flesh uh, shall see God he's going to heal me he's going to bring me up out of this see when you've got the power of a made up mind you can come under the greatest trial the enemy will ever send against you and you will find strength to hold on to the Lord you will find strength to hold on to his truth you'll find strength to hold on to the promises of his word and not let them go and I challenge you tonight don't wait until you come under fire. Don't wait until the testing is severe before you start driving your stake down, before you start making up your mind that you're God and God is yours and you're going to love Him and serve Him no matter what. You're not in it for the goodies, but you're just in it because He's worthy and you're going to serve Him and you're going to honor Him. And if it's goodies, praise God, but if there are no goodies, I'm still going to praise God because I made up my mind. Hallelujah. Like Joseph, he, the great thing, he had a made-up mind. He was going to honor the Lord. He lost his coat of many colors and, and, and he was beaten by his own kin and thrown into a pit and sold into slavery by his brothers. And, and, and he was declared dead and lost his inheritance. And, and then he finds himself a prisoner in Egypt, but now in Potiphar's house. And now Potiphar's wife tempting him. And, and now she's lying on him. And now he's cast into a prison and he's having to serve years and years in prison. He made up his mind, I'm going to honor God before all of that happened. And I'm here to tell you, you don't wait, want to wait to make your decision to honor God when you're in the pit. And you don't want to wait to make your decision when Potiphar's wife is taking her clothes off. That's the wrong time to be trying to make up your mind at that time. You need to make up your mind when you're in a place like right now where the Holy Ghost has come alongside to be the strength and the comfort to help you make the right decision for life in your life, for the decisions going to make your life. And you can do it right now. You need to make up your mind. You need to say, I will never commit fornication. I will never commit adultery. You say, oh, well, that's arrogant to say that. Let me tell you what, you need to make up your mind. Did God create you to be a fornicator? Did God create you to be an adulterer? I see he tells us not to fornicate. He tells us not to commit adultery. So it sounds like he's on the side of the decision not to do it. So if we'll make up our mind that we're not going to do this, then I believe there's the power of God to help us not do it. Not that we have the strength maybe in our own self, but we have the strength that comes from God because our mind is made up. You need to say, I'll never commit fornication. I'll never commit adultery. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You don't wait until you get into the pit to make your decisions. You make them right now in an opportunity just like you have here to this evening. See, you can declare. You can. I'll never commit adultery. You need to. I'll never murder anyone. You say, oh, well, I can easily do that one. Why? Because is it that you have a desire, maybe, to commit adultery? Is why you can't say that about adultery? You can say, I'll commit to never murder someone, but you won't commit that you're not going to commit adultery. How about I'm, I commit I'm not going to rob a bank? Go ahead and say, I commit I'm not going to lie or slander or bear false witness against my brother. 
See, if you will engage the power of a made-up mind, you will find you have divine assistance in this life. And if you'll make the choice, the choice will make you. That's so very important. In Joshua 24 and verse 15, that latter part, he says, but as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That was a made-up mind. Now, when that household came under fire, and believe you me, our households has come under fire, the devil's going to come against anything that's important to God. And if family's important to God, Satan's going to come against it. If health is important to God, Satan's going to come against it. If you have more than enough so that you can take care of your family and be a blessing to those that are in need around you, then God, the devil's going to come against that, right? Anything that is a blessing, Satan wants to bring in the curse. But God is telling us if we'll make up our mind before we get, you know, this uh, situational ethics is, well, let me get in the situation and let me see how I feel about it when it's there. And then I'll decide, especially taking into account how it's going to affect everybody around me, especially me, because the situation is definitely uh, touching me. And then I'll let you know. So I can't give you an answer now. Let me tell you what, that's a trick of the enemy. You need to be able to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cleave to that which is right, and I'm going to abhor, and I'm going to flee from that which is wrong. And you need to make that your life standard. That God, you're good, and I'm, cle and I'm cleaving to you. And I'm cleaving to your will, and I'm cleaving to your word, and I'm cleaving to your desire. Whatever you want, that's what I want. Wherever you want to go, that's where I want to go. We got a little 10-year-old, Caleb, and, and uh, he's sitting in the back usually, and we're out always going somewhere, you know, when we're traveling around. And we're like, where do you guys want to eat? Where do you guys want to eat? And there's some of them that pop it off real quick. You know, they want this, they want that, they want this. I said, well, and Caleb never said anything. I said, well, what about you, Caleb? He says, wherever you guys want to go. Wherever you guys want to go. He says, especially you, Dad, because I don't know why he just really wants Dad to, ha to, ha to have his way. I just I love this kid. <laughs> I just love this kid. <laughs> he gets the inheritance. No, no. I just love this kid. He's like, Dad, what, what do you want? You know? And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Now tell me where you want. I really want to take you where you want to go now. Uh, but that, I want to have that heart. Father God, what do you want? What do you want? I want to do what you want. I want to say what you want said. Now, how many of you have ever said some things that stirred up some trouble and it kind of got a snowball effect going of things and you kind of wish you had kept your mouth shut, you know, three of you, only three of you. <laughs> and it felt good when it came out. It, but then after you saw all the mess it caused, you're like, it, the feeling was really not good enough for all of this. And now it's causing all this problem. Let me tell you why. Surrender that tongue to the Lord. And say, I only want to say what God wants me to say. I, and yeah, he wants me to exhort. He wants me to encourage. He wants me to build up. He wants me to bless. He wants me to use my tongue for blessing, to release blessings and to release, uh, you know, uh, goodness and favor. I mean, he wants his word to come out of my tongue. He wants his love language to come out of my tongue. So you start saying, so you start seeing yourself, your tongue different. It's not just to let everybody know how I feel at the moment. Really and truly, your feelings are going to come and go, but your words will outlive you. So if you let something out that shouldn't be let out, it's going to outlive you. And if it's on the negative, 
then that's not good. We need, some, we, can, we need to do some repenting because there's stuff that we've still got that's still working in people's mind right now, things we've said. It's Satan's still using it and working it in their minds. Maybe we didn't say it with love. Maybe we didn't say it in the right way. Maybe we were angry and we let words of anger go out. You know what? I believe all that's going to be accounted to us unless we repent. If we truly understood how the spiritual world and eternity worked, I think it would put us on our knees a lot more than we get on our knees. Because the good thing is God has made it possible for us to repent. What's wrong with a repentant church? We, we look in the book of Revelation when he's given the seven letters to the churches there and he tells them what? Repent! Repent! He wants us to repent and turn back to him. He wants us to get under the blood and cancel the assignment of things that we participated in that was to tear down his kingdom rather than build up his kingdom. We need to make a decision. God, if I have erred and if I have wronged you in any way, I am committed. You reveal it to me. You show it to me. Lord, I'm going to make it right. That's a good decision we need to make. And the Lord will empower us to do that. But don't argue with God when he starts showing you something. You're like, oh, well, God, you don't understand. You don't understand the Lord. Lord, I was there, and this is how it really happened. <laughs> the power of a made-up mind. Oh, I want to challenge you tonight to make up your mind to serve God with all of you. All of you. All of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. That decision that for me to live, this is what Paul says, is Christ. For me to live, he's got all of me. And I'm giving my all to him. Paul said it is committed. That's why when he was put in prison, he didn't turn back on God. When he was beaten and left for dead, he didn't turn back on God. When he was shipwrecked, he didn't turn back on God. Whatever circumstance came against him and the enemy truly tried him and was trying to silence the advancement of the written word of God that was coming through his life. Let me tell you what. He never turned back on God because he made up his mind. For me to live is Christ. And for me to die is gain. We all want to die and receive the gain, but you can't die for gain until you first live for Christ. So is that your decision? Or is there still a part, your finances? Or is there still a part, your tongue? Or is there still a part, a relationship that's not honoring God? Or is there still a part in you that is not committed to God? Let me tell you what. You can play church all you want. If he didn't have all of you, let me tell you what, he didn't have any of you. You're fooling yourself, but you're not fooling him. And I believe the Lord is making a call for 100% surrender. 100% surrender. And Job did it while he was young. And that's why I open up saying, young people, make that decision. Don't wait until your life is scarred and, and you've got so many uh, uh, bad memories and so much bad stuff that you participated in that is still out there that you've got to come in. Thank God he'll take us whenever. But you don't have the assurance that you're going to be able to pull out of all of that. You're flying recklessly and you don't know that you're going to have the, the wisdom and the power to pull out of all of that and your life becomes a crash. So make the decision on this April 2017 and say, 
I'm going to serve God with all of me. I'm going to give him all of me. I'm going to surrender all of me to him.